What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 297th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today is Will. I'm very concerned about you and your your voice. You've been doing a lot of talking lately. Uh, yeah, who knew my voice would be the thing that makes me money? Money. <laughs> I mean, I record, this is my third podcast I'm recording this week, and I'm, I'm like at 1% of the amount of chatter you've thrown out into the internet. Yeah, uh, I keep talking. I haven't run out of things to say, but I'm, I'm I, maybe I'll- uh, Oh, no, you, you ran out of things to say a long time ago, but you do keep talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, this is a weird episode because uh, my current schedule got all flipped, flip-flopped last minute. We'll get to that, but- uh, no Rochelle and no Al, of course, because this is we're recording this at 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. Normally, we record about noon on Sundays, but we can't do that for this week and next week. I'll explain why in a second. Also, I don't even know what time it is in London. Not London. I don't know why I said London, just because I think of, like, the London time zone. What are they, like, plus or minus eight, I think? Uh, No, I think for me it's uh, plus five. So it'd be about 2 a.m. there. Okay. Now. Yeah. And plus, Al has a kid. He has to get up early, go to bed early. Uh, and oh. Rochelle works on, uh, R- R- Rochelle works nights. So the 12 p.m. Central Time on Sunday is perfect for all of us, but 8 p.m. is perfect for just Will and I. Well, anytime is perfect for me. But <laughs> we were going to get Logan on. Spoiler. We were supposed to get Logan on, but something came up tonight. We could not get Logan on. Uh, so we are going to try to shoot to get Logan on next week because I think we're going to be under the same gun for recording next week, which is fine. The thing here is we are going to talk about some Pokemon news and then we are just going to tackle a little bit of emails and we are going to call it a show. Uh, like Will said, I've been doing a lot of talking recently, which is fine. All right, let's start with some news. First bit of news is the 2018 Japanese Championships to be held on June 9th and June 10th. I know we have a couple of Japanese listeners. They will be held at the Makurai Mese Convention Center outside Tokyo, Japan. As in previous years, the tournaments will feature three tournaments. One is the core video game series using Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. One for the trading card game and one for Pokin Tournament. As much as I like don't like Pokin Tournament. It's cool that it has like stuck around as a staple for the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean they've they've well now that you've got Pokin DX right that it it still has some legitimacy and people like fighting games. I not me, but some people do. <laughs> uh, the competition will ha- award high ranking players in the ability uh, in each tournament. The ability to go to the 2018 World Championships, which were announced in Nashville, Tennessee, to qualify for the video game division, uh, players must rank in one of three online competitions. The first of these competitions to start this month, followed by two in March and April. I'm curious because in the United States, they've changed nationals to internationals and anybody can come. Is it that Nobody can come to except for Japanese folks to the Japanese national championship. Is that what they've done? It's just called it's well, it's not national or an international. In this case, it's just the Japan championships. Interesting. I think you can apply. I definitely know like 
people who are highly competitive in both the TCG and the video game go like, oh, I'm going to go to the European internationals or I'm going to go to Australia's internationals just because they were traveling during that time. Uh, and besides paying the registration fee, I think you can p- compete. Yeah, it should be pretty open that anybody can walk through the door and play. Absolutely. Also, if you're playing like European internationals, you can build way cheaper decks because they have because they don't limit cards like America does. Like in America, you have to use English cards, uh, but in Europe, you can pretty much use every card except Japanese. I think legally. Well, and any. Yeah, any European language. So that's like English, Spanish, French, German, Portuguese. The Portuguese cards are probably the cheapest ones. <laughs> probably. I, I, I don't know what languages the TCG is available in, but I know you could get tri- you could get tropical beaches in other languages for like thirty, forty dollars, and then the American tropical beach was between eighty to hundred. Yeah, up to one hundred and fifty, depending on what kind. And it, it it sucks because everyone knew at the time and still does if you play the TCG what tropical beach does like it's just a bummer that america hasn't like lift that band on i don't at least for like masters i mean i get like you don't want a eight-year-old looking at a portuguese card of tropical beach or some other instance but when it sucks to pay 150 dollars for one card and most decks at the time needed three tropical beaches who what yep what ran that some other news here is pokemon duel Updated to 5.0.6 for the one-year anniversary. Uh, I have not played this yet. Will, have you dabbled in Pokemon Duel? No, but now that I have the highly distressing and disappointing news that Mitomo is getting shut down, I'm going to have to find something to fill that time. Pokemon Go! Just, just... No, Mitomo is a sit-at-my-table-while-I'm-eating-breakfast-and-poke-at-my-phone-screen kind of game. It's not a walk-around-outside-and-be-exposed-to-the-elements kind of game. What, so... about... <laughs> what about Shuffle? I ain't going back to that. I, I spent way too much of my life on Pokemon Shuffle. Uh-uh-uh. Shuffle was so good. It was so good until they made levels that were just completely unrealistically impossible. Without putting like money into it or waiting forever with coins? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Shuffle was good though. Uh, okay, so this uh, this is off Bulba, New- Bulba news as well. The English version of Pokemon Duel is celebrating its first anniversary with new content update and bonuses for a limited amount of time. Pokemon Duel is a strategy game available on most smartphones in which players uh, will battle each other in with their digital Pokemon. Pokemon. I don't know why I, I, I stuttered on that sentence. Pokemon Duel is free to download from the Amazon App Store. Apple, App Store, Android, and Google Play. For other additions and balances, see the history selection of Pokemon Duel. Uh, so there's a couple bullet points here. There's a new login gift bonus for people who log in between January 17th and through the 30th. They will receive EX Deoxys uh, normal form. Uh, there will be monthly loyalty rewards. Players will receive monthly loyalty rewards for a limited time. Players can receive extra login bonuses plus the fulfillment between. January 17th through 30th. There will be a gem discount available until January 30th. Uh, new figures have been added. Mega Mewtwo X and Mega Mewtwo Y have been added to the game. And new Ultra Beasts have been added to the game. Nialigo is now available in Pokemon Duel. It's also, oh, been interesting. Annou- it's also been announced that more Ultra Beasts are coming soon. I wonder if, like, the, the what's his name, Guzzlord, 
uh, if he just eats the board. That would be sweet. I heard that yeah. Pokemon Duel is like super random when it comes to like playing. A lot of luck. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of luck, a lot less strategy. Um, but that so Pokemon Duel is the game with the miniatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and you you move the miniatures around the board. It's it's pretty much chess with Pokemon. And complete randomness. Uh, some other news off Bobola News. 3DS themes inspired by Team Plasma to be released in Japan. So uh, Unova confirmed, right? Is that what people say? Oh, when? yeah. Gen 5 confirmed. Gen yep. 5 confirmed. No more Sinnoh. We're getting... Why else would we be getting Team Plasma themes? It's the, the, the Pokemon game on the Switch is going to be Black and White 3. <laughs> Two brand new themes have been, have been released in Japan, Team Plasma from Black and White and Black and White 2. Uh, a, the new theme, A Sinister Organization, features Team Plasma from their designs of Black and White. Uh, they will also feature Get Sis with, and include Bisharp, Kofagrigus, and Hydreigon. Uh, and then the other one will feature N with Darmanitan and Zarua. Uh, there's also something that features An- Anretha and Concordia. I don't know who those are. Uh, those are Anne's uh, two sisters. Okay, got it. Whew, I didn't know there was, well, there was family stuff in black and white too as well. Well, they were like his caretakers slash sisters. I see. And that will feature Genesect. There's also six, the seven sages. Oh, they're really going all out. Yeah, they're Gen 5 confirmed. Uh, the themes will cost 200 yen, no details for outside release, but uh, they follow up from the Team Rocket and Team Galactic themes that happened in 2016, and there was a Team Skull theme in 2017. Uh, so I think they're probably Team Flare, probably coming later this year, I would assume. Well, I guess, possibly. Have they left somebody out? Uh, Aqua and Magma. Exactly. <laughs> nah, you don't need them. People got Hoenn. That's all that that's all they need. Uh last bit of news here from Bulbo News, and we got some other articles on some other sort. These are all short. Amazon announces a Pokemon streaming channel. I feel like we were just talking about Pokemon should do something like this. Have you heard about this, Will? I have not heard about this, but I am intrigued. Okay, so uh, it is a monthly fee of two ninety nine for Amazon Prime members. Would you pay two ninety nine for all Pokemon content on a month monthly basis? How do you define all Pokemon content? Like I would say, all the seasons plus all the movies, um, including Pokemon Ranger. Is that was that a movie slash like show? Let's just say yes. Okay. Uh, I mean. If I, hmm, it's actually really tempting because there's a lot of content there, but it's only $3 a month. It's not like, you know, what you pay for WWE, which you get nothing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at least you can pop on that episode of Pikachu in the ketchup bottle anytime that you want. That's true. Oh, man. You have to be Amazon Prime, so you have to already be paying what one hundred and twenty dollars a year, or is it a hundred? Who? It, I I pay less because I'm on the academic version. But who in this world is not on Amazon Prime at this? That's true. Amazon it owns your life. Wow! If I, you're not on Amazon Prime, you probably don't watch television either. So you know. I think there was like stats that showed like one in 
one out of three households at, have Amazon Prime in the United States. That's, that's a lot. Or maybe it's one, or maybe it's 50% of households. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm going to spoil something for you. It's not all the entire catalog. Amazon Prime launched a new subscription-based channel for Pokemon content. This new channel will feature seasons 2 through 5 and 10 through 16, plus only 4 of the movies. The movies selected will be rotated regularly. This Pokemon channel will be available to Amazon Prime customers for a monthly fee of $2.99. No, lost, lost interest. There's like five seasons missing? Uh, there's six, seven, eight, nine seasons if you don't count uh, Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon is season 20, so... Not counting Sun and Moon, there's eight seasons missing. Season one, which probably would be the most watched, hands down. Heck yeah. Six, I, I was I can't see Pikachu in the ketchup bottle if that ain't there. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine are missing. I'm not sure which ones those were. Two is um, Orange Islands, I think. Uh, and then 17, 18, 19 are missing. And why? I don't... Why is it just not everything? What where's what what legal issues did they run into where they're like oh uh, can't do this? Maybe because, they're like licensed to Netflix or Hulu or something. I don't know. Oh, that might be right. That's real disappointing. You watch them on one of those services, don't you? Uh, or do you just watch it on Pokemon TV? No, no. I'm uh, the way I consume Pokemon right now is through PlayStation View. Uh, because Disney XD has all the Pokemon stuff on demand as long as it's played on Disney XD like once or twice in the last couple months. Very, yeah, I don't know. But I don't think I'd pay $3 for like the Pokemon seasons I'm not interested in. Right. Or at least like let me like at least start with season one so I can pay the $3, work through season one, work through season two and do that naturally. There's no way to do that. Not like, not that there's that much progression, but. If somebody wanted to start and go through all the seasons, you can't even do that because season one is missing. Yep. All right, just a couple more news articles here. Uh, this is off Nintendo's own website. Uh, Pokemon Crystal is back, and so is Pikachu. The original Game Boy Color release in 2000 of the game Pokemon Crystal has been added with several new features to the Pokemon franchise. For the first time, players could choose a female or male character. Pokemon Battle... Battle featured animations and more on. Now it is on the virtual console for the first time in the Nintendo eShop on the Nintendo 3DS for the low, low price of $9.99. In this version of Pokemon Crystal, players also have a chance to encounter the mythical Pokemon Celebi in an event after completing the game. Mm, I don't know if that's... I guess that's true. Technically, you just have to beat the Johto Elite Four. You don't have to do anything in Kanto to unlock Celebi. Yeah, because Kanto is post-story. Yeah, it's post, so. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, in the original Pokemon Crystal game, Celebi could ob- be obtained only by using a special accessory. You left out the whole part that it was that special accessory was only in Japan as well, but okay. <laughs> we'll continue. As uh, the Nintendo eShop editions of Pokemon Gold and Crystal games, Pokemon Crystal takes advantage of the wireless communication capabilities of the Nintendo 3DS, allowing players to enjoy link trades, link battles with each other. With the time capsule feature, players can even trade their and battle their Pokemon from Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow's Pikachu Edition, which is also available in the Nintendo 3DS eShop. But that's all not all. 
Fans can enjoy playing Pokemon Crystal on the new Nintendo 2DS XL system that features Pikachu's iconic face, which is in stores at a suggested retail price of $159.99. And then it just explains what the 3DS is. It's the it's the one with the Pikachu bulge. You can bulge, bulge it up in your pocket. Well, it's got the little button nose. Yeah. Is what it's got. I well, I don't think it's a button, but it is a nose. It's, it's a nuzzle that's, that pops out. A, a, a mystery bump. For you and all uh, your bumping needs. There you go. I, um, I downloaded uh, Crystal today, bought it, after I watched a uh, world-famous Twitch streamer play it for about six hours. Um, <laughs> And uh, it came to ten dollars and fifty six cents with tax. There you go. There you go. Did you? Was there a, re- a reason you pl- played Chris? Wa- wanted to play Crystal again? Would you want to get? I, I've Celebi? never. No, I've never. I've never played Crystal. You started with blue, right? I I started with yellow. Thank you. Oh, I thought I, I thought you knew who I I'm was. I'm so sorry. Wow. No. Yeah. Never played Crystal. I had. Um, Gold on my Game Boy Color, and I have Hearts or Soul Silver on my for the 3DS or 2DS or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I actually the reason I got Crystal is because a lot of my friends are getting Crystal, and since they will have like online trading and online battling and stuff, I thought it'd be like a fun way to. I thought that stuff was local only. Oh, I know. I think they're. I think they they have internet-based trading maybe or maybe i've been deceived look you can have cyndaquil as a starter okay i mean that's good too (laughs) i don't even know where i would look for that to see if you could wirelessly trade it's it's really not that big of a deal but i've i mean i saw people power through crystal in like 11 hours i think the strategy is you just you just use your starter because experience share is not a thing and you just play through the whole game with your starter and you can get through to the celebi part in about 11 hours, uh, if you care to do so. And then soft reset until you get a shiny Celebi, because you can finally get a shiny Celebi. Yeah, for the first time, I think, ever. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess you could get in the Japanese event, but it would have been locked to the hardware limitations of the Game Boy Color to the Game Boy Advance, so you wouldn't have been able to transfer it up anyways. Yeah. But yeah, people are seem seem to be real excited. Uh, I have mixed feelings. At the same time, I think it's cool, right? Because it gives, uh, it gives you a pretty good reason to go back to a game if you care about Chinese. But at the same time, I feel like they're encouraging soft resetting, which sucks because instead of encouraging people to soft reset, they need to come up with a new and better system in, instead of that. I don't and know. you hate soft resetting, and Dude. for some reason, in your marathon, you've decided that you are going to be doing a lot of soft resetting. So, I mean, fun I, for you. I did not decide that. The rules of the marathon were picked before I joined. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we can talk about that. So the reason why I switch schedules is because uh, I am doing a two-week marathon with the Twitch team called Team Brave, which I am now a part of. Uh, Team Brave features myself, uh, a streamer named Data Dave, and a streamer named Brobson. So we are doing a two-week marathon, uh, 24 hours, all two weeks. And in order to achieve that, we're working in eight-hour shifts. 
So Data Dave kicked off the marathon on Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time and went till 2 a.m. Then Dave dumped all his people onto Brobson, who streamed from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time. And then Brobson dumped all those people onto me at 10 a.m. Eastern when I start. And then I go until 6 p.m. Eastern. And as you would guess, I dump all those people onto Dave. And so we cycle through that for the next two weeks. So my stream schedule is very easy for the next two weeks. When you're listening to this, it's literally 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Eastern, eight-hour shifts. And our goal for Pokemon Crystal is to get 25 shinies between the three of us. As of this recording, we have five of those 25s, but they were all pretty easy wow. shinies because we did the odd egg, uh, which, if you don't know, the egg that is given to you by the daycare, not the first egg, that egg is given to you by Elm, or not by Elm, but whoever... You run errands for between Elm. I can't remember his name. The first egg you get is Togepi, and that doesn't count. When you get to the daycare right outside Goldenrod City, the couple in the daycare will give you something called the Odd Egg, and it can be a couple different Pokemon. It can be Pichu, Tyrogue, Cleffa, Iglybuff, Smoochum, Elekid, or Magby. Those are the Pokemon it could be. Uh, the interesting thing about the Odd Egg is it has a 1 in 7 chance of being a shiny Pokemon. Uh, that converts to about 14%. So you're thinking, whoa, this is a really easy way to get the shiny. Except uh, everyone forgets that old Pokemon games are bad, and there is nothing like Flame Body, and there is nothing that makes you walk faster, and the menu system is terrible, and the PC box is bad, and... Uh, there's not a lot of great things about the old games that I think a lot of trainers take, uh, take for granted in the new Pokemon games. So that being said, uh, it takes about 12 minutes to hatch one egg in that game. And that is only if you're riding your bike up and down, which from past episodes of ISE, I also don't enjoy doing, but 14% is a really good chance. I was able to hatch mine in two. I got a shiny Cleffa, which I was very excited about. I think Brob, Brob and Dave both went 15 to 18 eggs before they got their shinies. So my shiny luck strikes again because I got it pretty easily. Now keep in mind, when I say 15 to 18, and if it takes uh, 11 to 12 minutes per egg, that is almost two to three hours of literally just riding your bike. For what is good odds, it just takes a while to hatch that egg. Yeah, but uh, I know Data Dave is, um, he's playing like two games simultaneously. Yeah, Rob is doing the same. Two games at once. So he was like hatching that egg, but also playing another game of Crystal <laughs> as he went. He was like two-handing that. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, I, uh, I will say, I... I enjoy your streams, uh, SPJ, but I really like Data Dave. So <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He's super great. He uh, has like super chill music, and he's like his personality is just like so high energy. It's real fun. It's very, uh, very awesome that they invited me to do the marathon. The other thing that was really exciting is I was uh, I was on track to get Twitch partnership this past week. 
but I did not stream Friday because of the marathon because I had to reset my sleep schedule because I normally streamed 8 p.m. Central Time to 2 a.m. Central Time. Um, but since I had to readjust my sleep se- schedule, I took Friday night off, which was the night I should have streamed and probably would have gotten partner that night. Happy to say that I my partner application is open and I am ready to apply for it. I do qualify. The button is green lit and good to go. So the thing that I've been trying for for the last couple months, but I've been pushing really hard for in the last couple weeks, has paid off. Uh, I guess the whole thing now is I apply and have my fingers crossed. I don't think I should have a problem with getting partnership at this point, but you never know. They could be like, hey, we want to watch you for another month or... Hey, you know, we have enough Pokemon streamers, so no thank you. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I will be applying for that probably on Monday, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's very exciting to be part of Team Brave on Twitch. It's very exciting that I'm part of this marathon. It's very exciting that I'm about to apply for Twitch partnership. So if you uh, need something to do while at work or at home, if you're working from home or you stay at home or you know you have an office job and you just want some background noise i will be live until february 9th every single day from 10 a.m eastern time to 6 p.m eastern time and then i will throw it over to brob and dave who are both awesome streamers who will continue doing the same thing i am doing there's a couple um other side things we're doing but if you join the stream uh i explain what those are but if you're interested in watching me uh encounter pokemon and run away from pokemon hoping that one is shiny that's kind of what my uh last couple hours of my stream was today trying to find more shiny pokemon but if i get to that gyarados and i breed that Gyarados shiny gyarados with another pokemon that's a one in 64 chance of the baby to be shiny so you you'd get a shiny magikarp or i think if the i think you might know breeding better than I, isn't it? The baby is always based off the female Pokemon. So the that, mom, yeah. So I would need a male Gyarados, and then whatever Gyarados breeds with, I can get different kind of Pokemon from that. I just have so to... you could get a shiny Basculin. No, there's no Basculin in Gen Two. <laughs> <laughs> I was testing you. A Magikarp would be good too. A Gold Magikarp that would be sweet. But... Yeah, those are nice. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think the, I don't think the red Gyarados counts as one of the shiny Pokemon just because it's so easy to get. But to be fair, I don't have a gold Gyarados, so it will be or not a red Gyarados. So it'll be exciting to transfer that up to Pokemon Bank and just have it because for some reason I just don't have one. Okay, one more bit of news here. Oh, I'm sorry, two bits of news, but they're both Pokemon Go related. Uh, So the first bit here are more Pokemon have been added from the Hoenn region to Pokemon Go starting today. This was on January 23rd off Niantic's blog. uh, Trainers will get 23 new additional Pokemon from the Hoenn region, uh, which was based on Ruby and Sapphire for the very first time. Your Pokemon here are Lunatone and Solrock, which have some weird time thing that happens in the game. I'm not 100% sure of what that is. I haven't looked into it yet. That's the only reason why. Cacturn and Cactnea. Uh, Whimsor, Loudred, and Exploud. Trapinch, uh, Vibra, and Flygon. Camerupt and Nummel. And then Aeron. What's the middle one for Aeron? 
Laron or Laron, Laron, then Agron uh, have been added. I believe Aaron can be shiny in Pokemon Go if you are dedicated to shinies in Pokemon Go. Wait, you can get a shiny Aaron? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, I think it has red eyes instead of blue eyes. I think that's the difference in the shiny. Well, I'd have to look that up. And the other bit of Pokemon Go news is Pokemon Community Day has been announced. Did we talk about this last week? I don't think we did. Uh, a little bit. Uh, but Dratini is the next Pokemon for Pokemon Community Day. It is February 24th from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. It will have an exclusive move, although that move has not been said. When you catch these Dratini, you will have a three times catch Stardust bonus for every for not only Dratini, everything you catch in the three hours. Lures will activate for three hours long in this time frame, and my guess is they're going to make Dratini shiny just as another thing for these community events. Interesting, because then you can get a shiny Dragonite. The really ugly green shiny Dragonite when... Hey, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and a shiny Aaron just, yeah, it has the red eyes. That's pretty much the only difference. (laughs) There's some slight... uh, It's like the white part is more of an off-white, and it's like shell instead of being gray is like blue, but the main difference is the red eyes. I mean, shiny Dratini and shiny Dragonair are purple. They look real sweet. Dragonite gets the short end of the stick. Do you ever think that, that somebody will go back in time and fix the evolution chains so that Dratini and Dragonair evolve into Gyarados and Magikarp evolves into Dragonite like it was supposed to be? And then they fix it so Venonat evolves into Butterfree and Metapod evolves into Venomoth. Was that supposed to happen? Yeah, look at the eyes, the feet, and the antennas of Venonat and Butterfree. They're exactly the same. Why did this happen? <laughs> Who I, I think let the but- this happen? I think the Butterfree switch happened because of the anime. Because they wanted Ash to have a butterfly and not a giant moth, I think. Yeah, but the game came out before the animates. Yeah, but you know they were they just didn't whip up the anime overnight. They were working on it for a while. <laughs> no, but, no. The, uh, hmm. I just... I want... I want a perfect world where Pokemon evolve as they're supposed to. <laughs> so you want Cubone to evolve into Kangaskhan like that was supposed to happen? Yes. I mean, it can evolve into Marowak and then have Marowak evolve into Kangaskhan. Or just have a split. No, no, no. Not necessary. Not necessary. Uh, well, that wraps it up for Pokemon News. So what we'll do now is we will take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do some emails and our Pokemon of the week. So we will be right back. Blingin, bangin, 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 blingin, bangin. Yep. 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 
And we are back from our break. Uh, we'll just do a couple of emails and then uh, we'll go ahead and do Pokemon of the Week. We don't have to keep it terribly long. But if you want to send in an email, you can do so at uh, sbj at pkmncast.com or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button. Either way, we'll send an email right to me and we can read it on air. Uh, this email is from Eric. Uh, it says, hey, SBJ and crew. First off, thank you so much for introducing to me the compo- to the composer Braxton Burks, who was on your previous episode. His latest re- release of Johto Legends breathes a new life into music for gold and silver. While capturing the nostalgia of those games, would highly recommend to any Pokemon or music fan. Shout out to Al and Rochelle for being awesome and wonderful additions to the podcast. Irene and Micah, you have been a joy to hear for the Ultra Sun and Moon recaps as well. My big question is for Will. You always refer to Gen 5 as the best gen. I am too a big Gen 5 fan. Would like to know what your specific reasons why you feel like it is the best gen. Thank you so much. Eric from Los Angeles. All right. Well, I hope everyone uh, has set aside three to four hours for me to go through my treatise on why Gen 5, the Unova years, are the best of Pokemon's, the golden years of Pokemon in all aspects of the franchise, uh, video game, TCG, television program, and movies. Let's start with the birth of a young man named N. No, I'm not going <laughs> to... Uh. <laughs> I could talk forever about Gen 5. What? So for me, number one, the Unova games came out uh, at a time where I had really, like, and, and and I mean, everybody has a very similar story to this, right? I had kind of stepped away from Pokemon uh, and actually from video games or anything at all. And it was, I think, pretty much the first game that I got on the 3DS. And it is the first game that I, like Black and White was the first game that I not only finished all the way through, uh, spoiler alert, defeating N and Getsis, but then going back through and defeating the Elite Four and doing all the post game and really looking into uh, what can be done. It's the first time I went to a VGC regional because they used to have them in Dulles, Virginia. Uh, so I drove out there and did uh, VGC Regional. So it really got me back into playing Pokemon, enjoying Pokemon, and exploring more about what Pokemon actually meant and and what things there were to do within the uh, whole universe of Pokemon stuff. Um, as opposed to Steve, I enjoy the story of Black and White quite a bit. Um, the fact that you're uh, kind of in this battle depending on what game you're in of, you know, truth versus ideals, you know, what do you pursue? Is it a completely rational world or is there room for people to have dreams and ambitions that aren't really that based in reality? Uh, In terms of the cartoon, it gave us uh, Silen, who's possibly the greatest uh, cartoon character to be in the Pokemon cartoons of all time. Um, (laughs) Know about that, but continue. Uh, the TCG, that was, uh, I think, a very flourishing time period for the TCG uh, when you had fun decks like Blastoise Keldeo, uh, the Darkrai Hydreigon, 
you know, and you notice, right, in those decks, right, Hydrogen is Gen 5, Keldeo is Gen 5. They were key on Gen 5 characters that were cards in the game. I just want to um, say, for the record, I quit the TCG because of those cards. No, you didn't. You quit, talk- the TC- Team Plasma. you quit the TCG when it was the Gen 6 stuff. No, no, it was Team Plasma. It was Hypnotoxic Laser. It was when Black and White, it was the first couple sets of Black and White were fine because Terrakion was good. But when they introduced Team Plasma and Plasma Freeze, mostly it was most it was mostly because of Hypnotoxic Laser and um, the Poison Gym. I can't remember what her name was. Uh, the Rockstar, well, the Rockstar Gym yeah, Leader. Yeah, well, her but gym, it was the Poison Gym, right? Yeah, her Gym bonused with Hypnotoxic Laser, which was Black and White too. Well, so what you actually hated was the fact that games could be win and lost on the flip of a coin. Won or lost on the flip of a coin. Yeah, for the most um, part. Which, that's probably why I know. don't play Duel. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's just, right, I could go, obviously, I talk a lot about TCGs a lot of the time, so I could go down a whole road of, you know, the fact that there are people who enjoy TCGs that are very luck-based, and there are people who hate that and only want completely skill-based TCGs, but... Never going to be a perfect world for either one of you. It has nothing to do with Unova. Um, I liked that the entire environment, you could tell that there was this very strong theme of the bridges of Unova and going across the bridges and each of the different bridges meant something for you. Um, and I think for me, the music of Unova is is the best music. I mean, I listen to it in my car and literally when the Isra City song comes on, I can't turn it off. Right, I always listen to that song all the way through. It's one of my absolute favorite songs of all time. I mean, those are only a few things, a, a few of the reasons why, but there's just a lot of it. And I do feel very strongly about Gen 6. I mean, I got to Berry Farm. I lost, liked a lot of that stuff as well. But Gen 5 had a lot of features that I'm also sad that they have not continued into current games and things I that wish that they would bring back at some point in time. So I hope that's enough. Yeah, no, I think that's good. This email is from Josiah. Hello, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Uh, Just wanted to ask you what your favorite Pokemon soundtrack is. Also, I respect your opinion on the new Fall Out Boy album, but I don't like it. Keep up the good work, Josiah. I think that's probably towards Rochelle. I think she might have said that. I have not listened to the new Fall Out Boy album, so I don't know. I don't think I've ever listened to any Fall Out Boy album, ever. Um... I know Irene. It's not my scene. I know Irene likes it a lot. I mean, I like Fall Out Boy, but I don't listen to a lot of music in general. Um, I usually like if I put on something in the background, it's almost always a podcast, unless I'm like working on uh something that I can't listen to words, and then I won't put on music with words. I will put on music that doesn't have words. So I'm in a I'm in a tough spot when it comes to albums. But do you have a favorite Pokemon soundtrack, Will? Well, I mean, it would be the, the black and white soundtrack. Black and white or black and white too? Oh, black and white. I, I you know, I just, um, I don't like uh, Colrus. Ugh, dude gives me the creeps. Uh, I like the Team Skull stuff from Sun and Moon, but I, I've probably said this before. I don't normally play Pokemon games with the sound on because I'm usually watching like TV or. You don't play any games with the sound on. No, I play like Monster Hunter and Destiny with the sound on. Monster Hunter Double Cross, you played with the sound on. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I didn't have like I didn't have like music or anything. That that when, there 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 is music in Monster. I mean, there's a little bit of music depending on the monsters have theme songs. Yeah, but they only activate when you're fighting them. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, it's just like very quiet. Ooh, we got an angry email. You want to listen to this one? Sure. All right, this is from August from Salt Lake City. Uh, just listen to episode 295 where you guys talk about your opinions on Ultra Sun, Ultra Moot. I have some of the issues that some are the most nitpicky things I've ever heard. Uh, so Kakui has the two of you to fight to see who will be the first champion. But then instead of accepting that simple explanation, you overanalyze it and somehow uh, that throw has slight against how. And then there's the ridiculous conspiracy theory that Kikui is a bad guy and an architecture that doesn't match Alola. There's literally no support for this in the game. None of the characters suggest that they disapprove of Kikui making an Elite Four. They also, the, and the game also explains why Kahili is there. She's the strongest trainer in Alola and left to find a better competition, and Kikui convinced her to come back. Okay, well, that's all like. Uh, as for wormholes, calling them a dexterity challenge is a bit of a stretch. They've always been a cha- there's always been challenges to finishing the story in Pokemon games. When I was a kid in Gold Version, it took me hours to figure out how to get through the sliding puzzles in the ice caves. I'm not sure how puzzles take time to figure out, but it's really a different minigame that takes time to figure out. I don't even like the wormholes. It's a pain if you're looking for a specific legendary, but that but to say that has no place in Pokemon because it's too hard or ch- challenging is pretty hyperbolic. I'm not trying to hate on you guys. I like the podcast, but it seems you went into the games looking for flaws to complain about. I don't know what else you could possibly have a such a strong negative reaction to not to complete non-issues. Well, it's I mean it's difficult to respond to because there's uh there's a, a couple of I guess it's like differences in perspective, right? So for one thing, if I was to sit here and say, boy, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were, they're, they're fine games. All right, next letter. Who wants to listen to that? Right. Right. I'm here. You're paying me for that in-depth critical analysis <laughs> that goes beyond the text. So that might you might possibly have uh, an understanding of a different viewpoint on the game. Not all people are not going to have the same point of view on the game. And, you know, I, I'm not going to make assumptions about where other, other people's backgrounds or the way that they've lived. But, you know, I have lived in Hawaii. I am, because my family still has ties to Hawaii, I'm very familiar with uh, a word that's not typically used there, but indigenous culture and actually the resurgence of awareness with Hawaiian people about reclaiming their culture. And when I lived in Hawaii, it was never spoken, but it's spoken more and more now about how unjust it was for the United States to take over Hawaii. And that's kind of the background that I bring when I think of games that are set in Hawaii and that perspective. And, you know, I think it's a little not so. So the the uh, kind of response that I would have also is you're not looking deeply enough if you don't understand that if you look at the locations where the trials are held, they're all built into as part of or an enhancement, but not a destruction of the nature 
that is found all over Alola. And then for the Elite Four, you have this huge crystal dome that has been carved out of the top. And it's got, you know, neon lights and, you know, retracting automatic doors. And it's not natural in the slightest bit. But also, you know, I don't know. What was the, the last part of the letter? <laughs> no, no, yeah, the wormhole stuff. I'll give you a second to think. I'll go oh, through no, this. So, no, just so, so the one other thing that kind of came up about the wormholes that we, I wish you know, we had thought of when we were having that discussion is, it, you know, I, yes, I understand Pokemon games have had puzzle games, but number one, those puzzle games always offer you a very easy way to reset the puzzle. Walk out of the room, walk back in. And they're also very static. So I push this lever, something happens. If it's not what I wanted to happen, I walk out of the room, I walk back in, it's reset. The, the wormholes are not static. That is a very dynamic, you have to be very responsive and able to manipulate the controls very quickly. It is very foreign to what the Pokemon games were bringing you. And what's funny is, like, um, somebody eventually came to the same thought that I did. So I don't know if other people play Destiny or other first-person shooters, but the thought is, like, what if you got to a point while you're playing Destiny and in order you, you, you cannot do anything more and in order for the story to progress, you have to do a Dance Dance Revolution routine, not only well enough, but perfectly right? That's not what you came to a first-person shooter for. And you especially don't want to get up off the couch and have mastered a dance routine that some people just may not be able to do. They just may not have the dexterity, the speed, the ability to move. Maybe they have arthritis that they can't get it done. And, and that's really what the problem with the wormhole puzzle is. You know, it's not that, yes, I couldn't have brought it to work the next day and asked somebody to do it, but why should I? That's not why I play Pokemon. So I think that's it. That's, that's enough for me. You clearly beat How at the same time as the Elite Four. That's not clear. If you go back to the debate, that's what we were debating out about. We wa- at least I wanted, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, I wanted it to be clear uh, who got there first. I don't think they made it very clear of who got there first. It makes it seem like you got there first because how comes up the steps after you, but there is still no clear resolution of like, did Kikui know that how was going to do it? Uh, did Kikui know you were going to do it? Even in past games, Kikui battles you, which is fine, but Pokemon games have in the past never had an issue with you fighting a rival after beating four people of the Elite Four, which really, in retrospect, doesn't make that much sense because you're always fighting five people. You're never fighting four people. So my issue with that is just that it wasn't clear, and I would have preferred that How was the champion because, again, in past games, they've had no problems saying that you didn't make it there first. Um, and I think that it, I still stand by that it was a disservice to develop how in finally getting ahead of you and then backtracking on that to say you well you guys did it at the same time what was the point in the story to then clearly show and tease 
multiple times that how is finally ahead of you to then come to the realization at the end of the game where ah you guys got here at the same time it just takes away from the the whole this whole setup that how was finally ahead of you for the first time but the power trainer that you are caught up with how and you guys battle for championship i don't care about the battle for championship i mostly care in the aspect that i just think that ending was a cop out if you feel differently i totally understand but that's where i was coming from i'm not going to speak for al and rochelle on that uh i don't know i th- i think for the most part will agreed with me on that but obviously oh, oh, heck yeah because if 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 how was doing it at the same time as you why didn't you bump into each other why didn't some of the rooms when you tried to go into them i oh hey i'm about to battle acerella oh it's just like the bathroom on the airplane sorry occupied can't get in <laughs> No, well, he wasn't a, running around in there with you at the same time. I'm also pretty sure that in Elite Four things, it, one trainer goes in at a time. I don't think if I'm not if I know the, some of the lore of how an Elite Four works, it is a challenge of you're in the room, you're strategically picking where you're going. I don't think they allow two people in there at the same time. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but again, that's such a that's such a minor detail that doesn't matter. The second thing is overanalyzing it. That's exactly why you're coming to our podcast. Uh, what Will said be to begin, I mean, if we were to say, yep, we enjoyed it, and that's it, and moved on. Look, our job, <laughs> it's not our job, but we're here to talk about the games in depth. If we go off on a rant on a certain thing, I think that's, I'm assuming that's what people want to listen to. I don't know how else to put that of like, we're here to talk about the games, and there's a lot to talk about, and there's still even more to talk about. I have so many opinions on Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Almost all of them are good. Uh, I am. I definitely said on past podcasts that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are my favorite Pokemon games of all time. I've put over 200 hours into Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and I still play it every single day. So while I might have been nitpick, nitpicking stuff. I think that's okay. It's okay to have a favorite TV show and not like certain episodes. It's okay to have, it's okay to love eggs, but not to have an egg prepared certain ways. It's okay to be critical of things you love. And I think that's what we do here is we're all very passionate about Pokemon. So it's okay to be critical. That doesn't mean we hate anything, but if this was just a show where we all just loved everything all the time, uh, I don't think that helps our audience see another side of things that they might have not thought about before and i don't think that helps i don't think that helps the franchise grow if everyone is just content with what game freak puts out uh, i don't think that i don't think that the games would push the boundaries to get better uh, that's to say if game freak is listening or not i think it's pretty clear they listen to their audience hence gen 3 coming out and the trumpets and the announcement to that i think they know what the audience wants but you don't get there by just being content with everything they do. Uh, and also, to be upset about the conspiracy theory, it's just a conspiracy theory. It's just like people who think Ditto and Mew are like a failed clone of each other. There's no proof to that. Uh, there's a lot of coincidences you can point to. Both Ditto and Mew are the same height. Or not height, same weight. Both Ditto and Mew have the same shiny. Both Ditto and Mew can learn transform. Somebody asked Masuda if Ditto and Mew were related in some way, and he said, 
no, I never even thought of that. That's super interesting. But there are a bunch of conspiracy theories about it. We just made a conspiracy theory about Kikui. That's all it is. It's just it was just a fun conversation. It was, I don't think anyone was uh that serious about it. Uh but it is fun, I thought. If you didn't enjoy it, I'm sorry. I played up that rant. Uh did I miss anything, Will? No, I mean I think you mostly got it. Um and you know, it just in in thinking about the whole concept of conspiracy theory, just just look at postmodern analysis of texts. I mean, those people go off on all kinds of weird tangents. Did you know Star Wars is actually an allegory about dis- trouble in the Middle East? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it it can be a lot of things, but also another thing that I that I I ask people to keep in mind because I think this is something that in our society and culture we should be aware of, although it's easy to forget, that just because something is not in your experience doesn't mean that it's not real. So I mean, that's a lot of things that, you know, that we don't face where somebody will say, well, you know, this was my experience. This is how I view this because of my experience. And then when you hear that, you say, well, that's not my experience, so that's not valid. I, I would just urge people to take a step away and say, even though that's not my experience, can I try to understand it through the eyes of another person who has a different experience than me? We're not all the same people. That's, that's why we live in a diverse country that we do. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's what I would say. I will say, in retrospect, I thought that that segment was long and on the negative side, where it was like negative point into negative point. And I was trying to get away from that, and I did a bad job at being a host in making that conversation flow well, because we did have a lot of good things to say, and we talked too long about specific stuff, and it came off, it probably came off as negative. Uh, We were, I mean, we were, I did ask, like, what didn't you like? And that's what we led into, but we probably should have started what, what you really like, but usually the list of things you really like don't have an... I I can, of course, have enough substance behind it, but I don't think anyone's going to say, like, I didn't like I didn't like the new Pokemon. And here's why I think we all liked the new Pokemon um, that were introduced in Gen 7. I think we all liked the character customization. We all liked the flow. I think for the most part, we all even liked trials and stuff. But I will be the first to admit that I wish there was more good things we talked about in that segment. The Kukui segment was like definitely just like a conspiracy theory that we all laughed about at the end. I don't think any of us was like, this is it. This is going down in history. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I appreciate the email. I appreciate the feedback. I think I realized that instantly when we finished the episode, I was like, "Ah, I wish that was a little more positive. Uh, And that's okay. We'll get uh, live and learn, right? Um, Yeah, and we'll probably have positive things down the line. You know, it's not like. That's the end of the podcast. We we say no more. We've always got plenty to say. Yeah, always have plenty to say. And like I said, I think Sun and Moon are easily my favorite Pokemon. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon specifically are my favorite Pokemon games of all time. And there's a lot of reasons why I, why I think that is. Um, and we'll talk about that in the future. Uh, let's do one more email and we can do our Pokemon of the week. Uh, but thank you, August, for writing in. All right. This is from Logan from Utah. Dear SBJ, Will, Al, Miss D, wherever else might be there, just wanted to wish you guys a late happy holidays and happy new year. 
I hope this year will be better than last year for all of us. I just want to say that I loved the Alola to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon series that SBJ, Irene, and Micah did. I love Mythical, and I wanted to ask a couple questions real quick. What is your guys' speculation for the next gen of the what Pokemon region will be? I have absolutely no clue what it might be, but I would like to hear you guys' thoughts. I got a Switch for Christmas and Zelda. I'm loving it. What games would you recommend next? I'm considering Pokemon Tournament. Thank you so much for all you do. Logan from Utah. Well, if you're considering Pokemon Tournament, there's some new DLC coming out. <laughs> what are the areas that haven't had Pokemon regions? Uh, we've got Australia. I think that's and... my default answer is Australia would be cool. Uh, I think um, I, I've been reminiscing lately about my undergraduate career at Georgetown, and I did, uh, you know, African studies at Georgetown. So I would love to see uh, a, a Pokemon set in like Southern Africa and the whole like the whole region and see what that might be like. So that not, would be, a, not a lot of water I, down there. I mean, there's like the coastline of water. There's like the coastline, but there's not like. Uh, like a bunch of li- it's not like Hoenn where it's like all islands or Lola all islands it's like a big body of land with a huge coastline and a huge lakes and rivers and Madagascar could be an island off to the east there's plenty plenty to work with there I mean I'm okay with that I don't, I I feel like I've had my fill of islands between Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire and uh, Sun and Moon a lot of islands between too. both those games. Even I just played through Leaf Green and I had to deal with the Sevi Islands. I think I've had my fill of islands. So one huge landmass with maybe like one island, I think, would be a nice change of pace. Yeah, go for it, dudes. Love Mythical. Thank you so much. Uh, Mythical has been on pause just because of the intense streaming schedule I've been doing. I feel like I've taken... The, it's like the first month of 2018 and I feel like I've bitten off more than I can chew. So Mythical will be back. We we have some we have a couple more episodes to finish off that season. I think really at this rate, this that season might end with a cliffhanger, and there's really nothing I can do about it just based on the audio that I have in front of me, uh, which I think is it's it's fine. Uh, we have some other stuff after that that is ready to go. It just needs to be edited. So there, there's stuff in the pipeline for Mythical, but really just with how well ISE does and with how well the Carve does and how much time I'm putting into Twitch. Uh, it's just that that third podcast is just a lot. And I think they would have been done and edited if it wasn't for all the holiday traveling I had to do and if it wasn't for Pack South, which I worked super hard before Pack South to make sure everything was ready. And then I was gone for a week and now I'm playing like two week. I feel like I'm still playing catch up from Pack South uh, to get content out the door. Maybe that's on me. Maybe I'm just not managing my time right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. Probably. I'm so tired right now. Uh, poke, uh, games for the Switch. Puya Puya Tetris, of course. Uh, I really like Splatoon too. I don't know if it, I don't know if it, that's still the hotness, but I don't know. There's something about Splatoon I really really like. Uh, Night in the Woods, I believe, just came out on Switch. That was my favorite game of 2017. So if you are interested into a story-based game, it's very, very story-heavy. Uh, it's like a 2D platformer that's focused on having conversations with other animals. A little bit of a heavy story. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it's not like a go-lucky, happy story. 
I would recommend Night in the Woods. I think it's like 15 bucks. Probably take you about 12 hours to play through. So those are my recommendations. I think Will still only has one game for Switch. That's true. But when I was getting my haircut on Friday night, there was one of the folks who works there showed me Overcooked. Have you seen Overcooked? I love Overcooked. That game looks so good. Uh, It's really good. It's only good, though, with friends. It's not good by yourself. Uh, I don't know. That's debatable. Uh, Maybe. But it's super, super good, even with one person. But it's it's a huge blast with four people. But with with uh with the Switch, you already have two controllers with the Joy Cons. True. You share. What was that? What was that game that Micah and Kay were playing? That that looked really cool. Like the music game, Pokemon Tournament. No, no, no. The music <laughs> game. I'm where not the, sure. You took the controllers off the Switch and you only played like by the touch screen. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know what that was. Oh, it was like Vose or. Kove. Oh. Yeah, I don't it know. It was all like um, anime music. Oh, I'm out. You lost me at anime. What? You don't like Vocaloid? No. Uh, I, I don't, not sure if I know what that is, but no. Vocaloid is where they use computer-generated voices for the music rather than having actual people sing. Mm. Oh, I see, I see, I see. I see. Uh, speaking of singing... Do you want to do our Pokemon of the week? No, I want to find out what the name of this game is before I go nuts. All right, I'll have to figure it out for next week. Our Pokemon of the week this week is in honor of Pokemon Crystal being available on the virtual console, Celebi. Celebi is a green fairy-like creature. It has round, toeless feet, three-fingered hands, and clear wings on its back. It has a round head that comes to a curved point. It has large baby blue eyes with thick black rings around them and a pair of green antennae with blue tips. Often found in forests, Celebi is a mythical Pokemon known in legend as the Voice of the Forest. It is able to travel through time and exist simultaneously throughout time and plant life flourishes wherever it has been. As seen in the anime, it is able to bring deceased Celebi back to life and restore plants to perfect health. It was shown in Pokemon Colosseum that Celebi has the power to instantly cause the purification of any shadow Pokemon, and can be summoned at Relic Forest with the melody of a time flute. Despite living in forests as its guardian, Celebi only shows itself in areas and times of peace. It has been regarded that as long as Celebi are seen throughout the world, a prosperous and bright future is still in store for the Pokemon world. Then, the origin of Celebi. Celebi has a natural theme. Celebi might be related to the nature worship of Shintoism. It may be based on a fairy, dryad, or Kodama. Nice. Uh, Celebi was the only Pokemon from the 100 in Generation 2 that wasn't used in the Pokerap for gold and silver. However, it was used in the Hoenn Pokerap alongside, alongside Mew, another Pokemon that wasn't used in the own, its own generation's Pokerap. So wait, was it used in the Despacito using Pokemon names? I don't even know what that is. Oh, dear. I'm sorry I've opened that Pandora's box. Put it back. Close it. (laughs) Close it quickly. Uh, Celebi was the first event-exclusive Pokemon to appear in the anime. 
Celebi is the only Pokemon whose national Pokedex and new Pokedex number are the same at 251. Although a Celebi shiny... Um, this is actually uh, outdated trivia. Although Celebi has a shiny sprite, shiny Celebi cannot be obtained from Generation 3 on onward. You have to actually update that because it can. Somebody log in. Somebody log in quickly. Change it. In a 2008 interview with uh, Masumutu Hadika revealed that the GS ball was originally meant to contain Celebi and that would be used throughout the story arc in the Johto series. That ideal, however, was shelved and Celebi became the star of Celebi, the voice of the forest, which is Pokemon Forever, the fourth Pokemon movie. So there you go. Movies and games affecting each other. Didn't we talk about this at the beginning where I was like, I'm pretty sure Venomoth and Butterfree got switched because of the anime. There you go, yep. Will. The anime has influence on the games. Yeah, but this was already by Gen 2, where they knew they had a smash hit on their hands. <laughs> they knew that Pokemon Forever was going to blow out Blockbusters. The, the actual store Blockbuster. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, most of these kids don't remember Blockbuster. That's pretty much it for trivia. I mean, some of it's boring. It's about Mystery Dungeon and stuff, and no one needs, no one needs to know about that. Shiny Celebi is pink instead of green. It is actually a really good shiny. Uh, it has, yeah. It's really great. Uh, very distinct, very easy to point out once you see it. Uh, you can shiny hunt Celebi in Pokemon Crystal for doing the soft reset method where you just save in front of Celebi. If it's not shiny, turn off the game and try again. Your odds in that are 1 in 8,000 to get Celebi. I know somebody's going to write in and correct me and say it's 1 in 8,194. I know, I just round up and down because it's easy. But yeah. That's Celebi. That's your Pokemon of the week. Good old Mythical. Is this the first time we've done Mythical? I know we've done Mewtwo in the past. But that's uh, legendary. No, no, we've, dude, we're like almost episode 300. We've done Mythicals. <laughs> we've done Legendaries. We've done Sunkern. We've got it all. We've got it all. That's our tagline. It's super effective. We got it all. Uh, Celebi has a slightly higher catch rate than other stuff. Well, I guess like you don't really catch like Hoopa or Volcanion. Nah. You just you just get them. <laughs> yeah, but it's catch I've been rate. Trying to get, uh, I've been trying to get Zygarde for the past like five days, and I just keep giving up. And ugh. I uh, just wait till June. You'll just get a shiny, and you'll be fine. I've already got like four Zygarde. I just <laughs> I don't need another one. But I'm trying to catch it in the game. The catch rate for Celebi is 45, if you were curious, for usually like the Tapu Coco, like Tapu Cocos, the Tapu Cocos, the Tapus, sorry, and other legendary Pokemon, usually the catch rate is three. So 45 is a huge improvement from three. I think three comes to like point, is it like 0.6% or something? I don't know. 45 is 5.9%, so it's significantly higher. I think that'll wrap up our show. Uh, this is usually where I tell you guys to watch me on Twitch, but I mean, I'm still twitching uh, every every day. Every day I'm twitching from 10, well, in this case, 10 a.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm streaming Pokemon Crystal if you want to come and hang out. Uh, there's been a lot of people recently because of the marathon, so and everyone's been extremely friendly and super nice to each other. So if you want to hang out with me while you're at work or on lunch at work or while you're at home, uh, please do twitch.tv slash pkmncast. Thank you guys for all the kind reviews in iTunes. I think we're already at 821 for the year. 
so we're trying to get to 900 reviews before the end of the year. We have plenty of time to do that. Uh, but you guys have been really awesome with hitting the reviews on iTunes. So I appreciate that. Uh, if you want to leave us a review, uh, just go to Apple Podcasts on your phone or on your computer. Go ahead and leave us a review. That would be much appreciated. Uh, there's a Patreon promo, like always, at the end of the show. But uh, I will just take a second to say that Patreon uh, is really what's supporting me uh, these last couple months. These last four months, I've been unemployed. So without your guys' support via Patreon, uh, I probably wouldn't be uh, able to afford my rent or my food or my electric bill. So I thank you guys for that. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to isc.cash. Uh, otherwise, uh, Will is at Washing the Sink on Twitter. I am at Dragging a Lake. Got anything else, Will? Before we wrap up here, uh, no. Just um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, I'm pretty sure I'm Facebook.com/slash Washing the Sink as well. So go right ahead. Get them Facebook friends. Yup. Uh, we're both playing Monster Hunter World. Let's uh, yeah. quick mention that. Uh, I believe your PSN is also washing the sink. Washing the sink. Got to get that brand consistency across all media. That's right. Uh, my PSN is dragging a lake. If you want to play Monster Hunter World with us, I think... Uh, well, the nice thing about my new Twitch schedule is I have nights free so I can play Monster Hunter with all you guys, which has been really great. Although, like, I do... Mi- I, I already, like, miss the nights because I, I remember seeing people come in and I know, like, who comes in at what time. It's like, oh, it's 1 o'clock. Here comes all my Australian viewers, but... Um, we'll get back to the schedule after the marathon is over. Uh, not, uh, the marathon has been great so far, so it's all been good. But I can hunt with you guys at night in Monster Hunter World. We're playing on PlayStation 4. Uh, Will, are you also playing on Xbox? Uh, not yet, because I don't have a free buy every game in the universe for every system pass in the world. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to wait to get some money together or possibly when there's a discount for Monster Hunter World on Xbox One. That, uh, but probably I will end up getting it just so I can play with my Xbox One friends too. Cool. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are Super Oleum Sepa Effective. That means onion because that's funny. Oh, I get it. <laughs> It's Super Effective was created and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork were also created by me. The music at ISC was created by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISC, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast or just tell a fellow friend about the show. ISC is my current job right now, and I need all the support I can get to keep doing it weekly. If you'd like to support ISC, you can do so on Patreon. You can support me by heading over to isc.cash. For as little as $2 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community where you can battle, trade, and chat with other trainers. And for $5 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. 
A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Albert, Mason, Kay, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening.